Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Weston Oaks, author of SEAL Team 666 and Age of Blood, a SEAL Team 666 novel. And the night that we're recording this, the Hollywood Reporter just announced that the that Dwayne The Rock Johnson will be starring in a movie of SEAL Team 666. And I should add, Weston recently returned from a tour of duty in Afghanistan. We've been trying to schedule this interview for a while, and now we're finally making it happen. Weston, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. I appreciate that. Sure. Well, can you read the first couple of pages of your novel, Age of Blood, a SEAL Team 666 novel? Sure. Um, I'll start at chapter one. Um, let me apologize first. I'm a writer, not a reader. So if I go too fast, I apologize. So chapter one, New Orleans Cemetery, night. That'll leave a mark with spray painting garish day glow pink across the front of a 17th century headstone. The out of the way and rundown cemetery was the perfect setting for a horror movie. The ambience was complete with Spanish moss, hung ancient trees, low ground fog, above ground crypts crouching like intruders, and abolish statues that could be shrines of the elder gods in the total absence of sound, except for a tinkling of Zydeco on the extreme edge of hearing. And the characters, the complimented characters, inclusive of the astonishingly believable voodoo queen, were as terrifying as they were fantastic. So, Chief Petty Officer Jack Walker was pretty pleased with himself that he had made his observation while perched high in a tree far away from the action and armed with a sniper rifle. Only, this wasn't a movie. Through his scope, watch, Walker watched as voodoo queen Madame LeBoy stood imperiously on the raised sarcophagus behind a wall of bulletproof glass, her arms outstretched as if she were the puppeteer for the vast array of undead, which were even now pulling themselves upright from where they lay on the ground. 
more than a dozen naked zombies clawed their way to their feet, their jerky movements as they tried to operate their dead limbs, increasing the creep factor tenfold. Some of them still had wine systems from medical students in expert autopsies. Others were fresher, their mortal wounds still weeping fluid, their expressions full of surprise as if they just figured out that they were no longer alive. Walker swung the long barrel of the stoner SR-25 sniper rifle back and forth as he continued observing the scene through the Leopold Mark IV scope. The other four members of SEAL Team 666 huddled in the, in the middle of the cemetery. Holmes, Laz, Yaya, and the new guy, Yank, stood roughly back to black. They wore body armor, including Kevlar forearm pants, Kevlar gloves, and Kevlar shin guards. They each held a slender two-foot metal baton in one hand and a marine K-bar in the other. Their heads were completely covered with metal helmets, depriving them of sight, sound, and smell. If they were to survive, it would be by touch alone. The zombies were pretty much as Walker expected. Shamblers, like sailors, after a 48-hour drinking jag in Bilabog, the Philippines, several bumped into cribs and were, were redirected. Walker's gaze was drawn back to Madame LeBoy as she started to sing something in low, guttural French. A mishmash of red and purple satin covered her matronly figure. Her graying hair was piled high and infused with copper coils. Enough of her beauty remained that she could still command a room's attention, not to mention the pantheon of the undead in a southern Gothic cemetery. There you go. Great. Well, the title is very revealing, but nonetheless, can you explain the SIL Team 666 concept for someone who hasn't read the two novels yet? Well, sure. I mean, everybody's heard of SEAL teams now. I mean, SEAL teams are are as famous as mom and apple pie. Um, but the idea of SEAL Team 666 is that we have a uh, even more special SEAL team that protects America from supernatural attack. Great. Uh, and and do you remember, was there a particular light bulb moment for you when you first thought of the concept for SEAL Team 666? Well, it was, it was um, you know, the editors at St. Martin's Press, at Thomas Dunn Books, actually, um, uh, and I had wanted to work together for a while. And, um, we had, we, we, we've known each other. We both respected each other's body of work. And um, uh we we came up with this idea of this special SEAL team uh, really shortly after um, um, Bin Laden uh, was uh, was was captured and and um, taken out by uh, the real SEAL Team Six uh, Dev Group. Um, uh, that kind of inspired inspired the idea. Well, what if what if there was more to it? What if there was possibly um, supernatural involved? And, and then you know. A lot of a lot of the escapist fiction in me came 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 through, and I was asked to 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 pitch a plot and an, an outline. So I came up with an outline for the first book and uh, the characters, and, and there you go. <laughs> and, and what was the writing like for the first two books? Did they flow smoothly, or did it take some effort to get the idea and concept right? Well, it's funny because they're they're my tenth and eleventh novels, and I've written uh, science fiction. I've written romance i've written a uh, straight thriller i've written um dark fantasy my first my first novel a dark fantasy novel won the bram stoker award so uh, i thought it was a horror novel until a publisher said no wes it's a dark fantasy novel you're a dark fantasy novelist i said oh okay i'm a dark <laughs> fantasy novelist um but yeah i prefer i prefer to to write in whatever genre i kind of want to write which which um is is not usual i guess um, so it was kind of different at first because there I was 
uh, writing this military supernatural thriller fiction, which is sort of a new genre, trying to meld all those together. And although I have 29 years of military experience, I hadn't really um, delved into that great warehouse of knowledge that I have about the military until now. So it was um, it was at once difficult and refreshing because I was able to tap into some of the things I had never tapped into before in any of my other writing. That's interesting. And, and, and I'm curious about that because a lot of times, you know, you hear the, the phrase, write what you know. Was it a conscious decision on your part when you started writing to, to, to not draw on the military background? And, and, and you know, what was that like? Or, or was it just, you know? No, it was a conscious decision. And, and I, I agree with write what you know. And I was writing what I know. I mean, Jeff, I've been to 54 countries. I've, I've lived <laughs> in a lot of places. I know a lot, you know? I, like, like the kid who wrote Aragon, I have no idea how he wrote that. He was 16 years old. I mean, to me, that's that's probably the greatest work of fiction ever made by a 16-year-old, um, much less a 48-year-old like myself. Because the fact that he was able to write something and not know about life and about relationships and about just the stuff that you learn as you as you grow and survive this planet is amazing. Um, so, so my first couple of books, I, I wrote about the South. I wrote about relationships. I wrote about you know, some of the people I met, you know, um, I, I didn't find it necessary to write about my military past. And, and uh, so I just didn't do it. So, it, and frankly, the more I wrote, it just never occurred to me to write something like that until Brendan Deneen um, from Thomas Dunn Books uh, sent me an email and, and said, what do you think of this? And I'm like, oh, I can do that. <laughs> That's great. Well, well, what what initially got you interested in writing? I mean, have you always been interested in writing? And, and what led you to sitting down and writing your first stories? You know, Jeff, I've always wanted to write. Um, uh, the first thing I ever wrote was in third grade, a story called What Became of Charlie, about a kid whose mother told him not to take shortcuts to school. He didn't listen to her, and he was eaten by a bear. Um, uh the only problem with that is that the the school magazine, which was the Panther Press, I still have a copy of it, it's stapled together, was recalled by the parents in the PTA because I was too violent in my descriptions of of little Charlie getting dismembered by this bear. Um, and I didn't write again until I was in my 30s. I don't know if I was traumatized or what, but um, uh, I once I turned 30, I, I, I thought about all the things I had done that I didn't want to do and all the things that I... Um, hadn't done that I wanted to do. And I decided that writing is one of the things that I wanted to do that I had stopped doing. And um, I decided I needed to do it. So I I didn't have a degree in anything except except life. And I uh, sat down. It took me a month to write my first short story. I, I wrote it. I edited it as best I could. I sent it out to uh, Weird Tales magazine because they were the top best magazine. Um, and I got a seven-page rejection letter, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and attached to that was a was a five-page submission guideline. So the the entirety of the rejection was longer than my actual story. <laughs> and in that rejection, um, um, Gail Schweitzer, who's now a friend of mine, um, told me that I had I had repeated um, and um, uh, obsessive misuse of antecedents to a pronoun. And I remember thinking to myself, my God, I do. 
what is that? I have no idea what he's talking about. So I called my mom and my mom explained to me what an antecedent to pronoun was. And, you know, I got better as I went along. Um, luckily, I had I had uh, um, written a lot of stories. I probably put about uh, 200,000 words behind me before my first short story was published. So I was able to get through a lot of my lack of knowledge. And eventually, you know, I went and I got a degree in writing and now I have a master of fine arts in creative writing. And um, I think every little bit has helped. Um, but it was at, it was at turning 30, I think that really stimulated, uh, where I am now and the idea of, of get off your ass and do those things you wanted to do instead of, you know, just thinking about them. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Sure, sure. Well, I know your first novel won The Stoker in 2005, and we're, we're recording this now in 2013 with the success of SEAL Team 666. Are there lessons you've learned along the way? As you just described, once you started and at age 30, are there lessons you've learned along the way in terms of staying published and keeping your career moving forward? Um, well, Tom Piccarelli taught me that the, that the single way to keep your career moving forward is to continue writing quality fiction. And, and so that's the one thing I try and do. The marketing aspect, though, of, of yourself and of, uh, and of your work, that's another thing. I'm I'm always kind of a two steps forward, one step backward kind of guy. Um, I can't help but put my foot in my mouth every now and then, and I can't help but, you know, stumble, um, even when I seem to be about to cross the finish line. But uh, all, that, all that said, knock on wood, um, uh, I, I really think that having a great attitude and, and trying to master the craft and um, continue to uh, put as much quality out there as possible is really just my secret. Sure. 
And and what advice do you have for aspiring writers who may be listening in terms of trying to get their own uh, stories or novels published? Any, any advice? Well, I I always I, I give out a lot of writing advice because I do a lot of signings and appearances at bookstores and libraries. And what I, I I always invariably meet somebody who's working there who's a who wants to be a writer and they just don't, don't have enough time. And of course, um, I. I explained to them that uh, not only do I have a nine to five job, but I get deployed to Afghanistan and I still, I still am able to write two novels a year and 12 to 15 short stories and essays a year. So I don't understand how they can't do it. And the reason is, is because it's kind of like when you, when you're running, you know, when you first start to run, you start thinking about, about how far the finish, the finish line is away. And you, it, it just sucks the life right out of you. Well, that's the same thing in writing. Um, uh, I love to invoke topic really again because 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 a bunch of us uh, we call each other the, the cabal. Um, um, we kind of grew up as writers sitting at the feet of uh, Tom Piccarelli in the horror net chat room back in the late nineties. Me and Brian Keane and Mikey Hike and a whole bunch of guys. You know, we're we're not even published and 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 we're getting advice from people like like Tom and. and his his guidance to me was write five pages a day. Uh, you write five pages a day um, and just concentrate on doing that. And you have a novel in three months. Um, and and you do. I've, I've written novels in three months that way. Uh, my my advice to, to new writers is write one page a day. You could everybody has time to write a page a day. I don't care how busy you are. And uh, if you think about it, at the end of a year, you'll have a finished novel. Just one page a day. That's all you have to do. And suddenly you go from being being someone who, who's wanted to write to someone who's written. Sure, sure. That's great advice. So, so you just mentioned you were stationed in Afghanistan. Were you were you writing while you were uh, while you were there? Oh yeah, I had I had to um, do the final edits on Age of Blood, and I had to finish a novel for Solaris, the uh, um, uh, science fiction paperback publisher uh, based in England. Sure. And, and what, what's that novel going to be? That novel is called Grunt Life. It's the first of a series. Uh, and it's um, a military fiction, but this is military science fiction. And it has to do with a, um, a group of uh, grunts. And grunts are, are kind of like uh, infantrymen, you know, those, sure. those core soldiers who, who, you know, you point at a hill and you say, take that hill. Uh, a group of inter- if infantrymen who are basically standing at the end of the world, the only people able to save it when the aliens um, invade. And it's, um, it's, I don't know, it's pretty exciting. I, I, I enjoyed writing that because not only was I writing about um, how soldiers feel and operate together and work together and fight together and think, um, but I was in Afghanistan where people were actually doing that. Sure, sure. And and is that you said is that the first of a new series for you? Yeah, it is. It is. Um, I, I I drive my agent crazy because I, I tell him I want, um, I want work. I want lots of work. I don't care if if you think I have too 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 much or too little. I want more because I love writing. And and if I have too much writing, well then I'll cut out other things. You know, like I don't know, sleep, whatever. <laughs> I mean, if I can write full time, that's great. That's great. Well, well, what books and authors have you read lately that you would recommend or mention? 
Um, Anything come to mind? Well, it does. You have to understand, I read a lot outside my genre. I read probably... That's fine. That's fine. Anything. Nonfiction, fiction, whatever. Well, with, you know, within, with, within the genre, my favorite, my favorite three authors in science fiction are Joe Haldeman um, and Robert Heinlein and Ray Bradbury. And I read those all the time. Um, Klein's book, Ready Player One, that just came out, uh, is, is a, a near future science fiction. Just amazing book. Just amazing. Um, Adam Neville is a up and coming um, horror author out of England. Uh, and he's, he's starting to get published here. He is wonderful. If anything I can find from Adam Nebel uh, is is something I will grab in, in a second. That's uh, great. That's a new one for me. So I'll look him up. I like him. I like him as much as I like Sarah Bingbook. Like I like Sarah's work a lot. Um, and then and then uh, there's a new author that I discovered. I was in Afghanistan. It was late at night. I was tired of reading in the genre and I wanted something that wasn't genre, something, you know, literary slash popular fiction. And I stumbled across a book called Night Film um, by uh, Marisha Pessel, I think is her name. And it was her second book and it had great reviews. And so I bought it and I got to tell you, it's the best book I read all year. It's an amazing book, Night Film. You know, I, It'll be a movie one of these days, and when it, you know, you know when it is, I can say that I was in Afghanistan reading that book. But it's a fantastic book, that's and great. The, the fact that that's her second book, and it was written so well, and it carried me and caught me and transported me. It's just I'm so envious of her talent. She's so good. That's wonderful. I, I've I've heard, I've read reviews of that. So so yeah, that's a great recommendation. So uh, you mentioned Grunt Life. What what are you working on now? Well, I have to. Um, I have to turn in an outline for the third SEAL Team 666 book. Um, and I have um, I have a, a V-Wars novella I have to write. I have, And I have a couple uh, uh, pro uh, short stories, stories that I've been asked to write about six or seven months ago that are coming up due in, in November, January, and December. So um, I'll be writing, doing the outlines and doing those stories here in the next three months. Great. Well, um, where can people find you online if they're interested in learning more about you and your books? Well, you know, I, I'm really heavily on Facebook, so they can always find me on Facebook. Um, I'm also, I'm also, I also have my own website and it's westonoaks.com. Um, the trick is knowing how to spell my last name and it's O-C-H-S-E, which is not always, uh, thought of, um, uh, or, or, or they can find me on Twitter. I mean, whether, whether or not it's Twitter or it's Facebook or it's um, uh, my blog, uh, I, I always respond. I, I, I'm a very uh, extrovert person, and I like, I like dealing with people almost as much as I like writing. Great. And I'll have links to those in the show notes. So, great. Well, again, we've been speaking with Weston Oaks, the author of Age of Blood, a SEAL Team 666 novel. The novel is in bookstores now, so definitely grab a copy and as we mentioned earlier, it's uh, going to be a, a movie. And Weston, thanks for doing this interview. Oh, Jeff, thank you. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. 
book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. 